Friday lunchtime lectures at the Open Data Institute. My name is Nicholas Tolliby and uh, my colleague here is Dr. Simon Davy, and uh, we're going to tell you a little bit about a fun bit of silliness uh, that we got up to um, at the Leeds Data Mill uh, a few months ago. Um, and put simply, uh, our talk is Trouble at Leeds Data Mill. Oompa.py, uh, which is the piece of software that we wrote. Uh, big data meets big brass. And in effect, what we've done is we've turned some open data into a piece for brass band. Um, so this is what we're going to talk about. Here's the agenda. Uh, I'm going to introduce uh, uh, the context. Um, Simon's going to do a bit of data analysis with you so you understand how we're getting the data uh, into a usable form. Um, I'm going to do some musical mischief with you. Um, then you're going to ask some questions, I hope, uh, because you've been so fascinated by this talk. Uh, at the end, um, we don't have NW Brass Band uh, here with us. Uh, we have an MP3 of them, and so we will play to you the resulting Brass Band piece. Um, so, umpa.what? So, Leeds Data Mill is an organisation that's actually it's related to the ODI, isn't it? Isn't it a uh, satellite or...? Local chapter or something? Right, okay. You follow each other on Twitter. <laughs> follow each other on Twitter. Okay, so uh, Leeds Data Mill is, um, is a group that uh, tries to organise civic hacking, um, who uh, care very much about the quality of the open data that's released about Leeds and its environs. And uh, their, their tagline is that we tell stories about data. Um, and in May, was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, they held a hack day. Uh, and I was working with Leeds Data Mill at the time, so I went up, and Simon is, is from Leeds, uh, and, and we met at this hack day. And uh, we were asked a very simple question. Uh, can we tell an engaging story about Leeds with data? Hello, come in, take a seat. And so the first thing that we needed is some data. And as with all hack days, people turn up from local government and local charities and things with with lots of different data sets. And one struck us in particular, and this was the Leeds City Centre footfall data. And what this describes is there are various points in Leeds City Centre with closed-circuit TV, and these uh, these, uh, cameras measure the number of people who flow through that particular point in the city at any one point in time. So here's a very uh, bad map of, of Leeds, uh, but you can see there's the numbers on the, uh, on the map that tells you where the locations of these, uh, of these cameras are. So Simon had crazy idea number one, and he said, well, you know what, I'm a percussionist as well as a PhD in computer science and what have you. Um, why don't we turn this footfall data into something musical? And then I had a crazy idea number two. And I said, well, you're a percussionist. I'm a tuba player. I trained at the Royal College of Music, and I used to play professionally uh, before becoming a programmer. Um, hmm, what musical genre epitomises leads? We thought brass bands. Um, or hipster tuba players, as we got up there. <laughs> so we came to the conclusion that our aim was to write um, some Python that would turn this footfall data into a piece for Brass Band, and, as the slide says, so umpa.py was ironically checked into GitHub as, uh, as, as a skeleton. 
And here we are. Uh, this was a uh, photo on the day. I was told to look inspired, so I'm trying to look like I'm being inspired there by the data. So Sam and I are hacking away on, on this data to turn it into, into a piece of music. Ah, Simon. Okay. <clears throat> so we knew that there was some footfall data. We knew roughly what footfall was. We had no idea what that data looked like or what it consisted of at all. And so we had a look on the Leeds data uh, mill site. What Leeds Data Mill acts as like a hosting hub for various open sets of data, and they actively engage with a whole bunch range of institutions and companies to try and get this data. And this was the uh, sample of the data that we had available at the time. So as you can see, what we've got is this is for a particular location, Albion Street North, you can see there, which is one of the cameras, and for a particular date, zero is mi the hour is midnight, so here on the Monday we had 59 people uh, on the 4th of August 2014. Um, so our first surprise was that the data wasn't very detailed. We only had hourly aggregates, uh, which is not very interesting, not a lot to do, and there's not a lot of numbers we can do anything with there. So that was a, that was a bit of a problem. Um, but we downloaded the data and had a look at the data across the time, did a little bit of uh, simple analysis. Uh, and this, this is a, a, a really dirt simple plot um, to show histograms for all Tuesdays in the data set uh, for a particular location. And you can see that... At, this is the, uh, for various Tuesdays, usually the average is around here, but Tuesday midnight varies in this thing. And you can see a pattern here. You can see that generally, the small hours of the morning, there's very low traffic, and we get towards 6 o'clock, um, uh, 7 o'clock, rush hour starts to pick in, it picks up here, and the Mac's doing something funny with the font, so it doesn't quite line up, never mind. And it dies down a bit, but it's still busy during the morning. We get towards lunchtime, lunchtime uh, traffic increases, people go out for lunch, they go back to work. And then there's a slight increase around um, uh, going home time, rush hour again. And then you see there's a various, more, a, a much bigger spread of traffic in the evenings as the nightlife picks up and so on and so forth. And we did look at the weekend as well. And you can see clearly, for example, at the weekend, this nightlife shifts up here. There's a lot more football traffic in the small hours of the uh, late and in the small hours of the morning. So that was, that was intuitively the story that we would expect the data to tell. Uh, and the you know, we confirmed that it did, rather than just assuming that yeah. it did. Um, but we still have this problem of the fact that we only had very small uh, numbers of data. The actual, actual numbers were only a few and far between. So what we did uh, to solve that problem, to give us enough random data or, or data, data source data to do something interesting musically with, was we kind of did a time travel. We munged all the data for all weekdays for all hour, for, for a specific hour for a specific location. So, because um, weekdays follow roughly the same pattern. Um, uh, and concatenate that together in a massive list to give us a whole big stream of data we could do something interesting one, interesting in to represent that hour of footfall traffic in, in the city centre musically. And so we're effectively, we're, we're kind of time travelling. So as, you, as, as the music is generated from this data, you're effectively starting in 2008, which I think is the earliest. And as you move along the music, the music's pulling data from more recent times and more recent times. Um, it was a bit of a cheat, a bit of a hack, but we didn't have good enough data to do anything else with at the time. Now, Leeds City Council do have by-minute data, but they haven't released that yet, uh, which is a real pain because we could do some more interesting stuff if they did that. 
Um, so this is a bit of Python code. Uh, I'm not going to particularly go through it, but if you are a programmer, it might be interesting. But essentially, you'll notice that we've got the weekend here and the week, and what we originally did was split those into two, and the original idea was to have two pieces of music. One, which was the working week, and this was the brass band piece going twerk, and you know that kind of working class leads traditional... Um, uh, sort of a musical genre, and the idea was to do a second movement to the music, which was going to be the weekend, which would represent the nightlife of the city. And Leeds in the 90s, when I was a teenager growing up there, was quite well known for its drum and bass. So I was thinking of doing some kind of filthy dubstep kind of modern generation with the weekend. That is a work to be completed yet. We have joked about doing a drum and brass uh, combination at some point in the future. You know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, so that was problem number one. So Nicholas is going to talk a little bit more about the elements of music and what we make up, but to, the way that we use the data is to generate some pitches. So for every data, every item in the data, so this might be the footfall on a particular day, on a particular thing, so like before that date was 59 at, for Albion North Street, 59 people, Albion North Street, at midnight on a particular date, so that will be one of these items of data. And what we do is we use that bit of maths to randomly choose from a scale. And Nicholas is going to talk more, talk more about the scales we used in a minute in order to generate a note, a pitch. We also use the same data to generate uh, a duration or a rhythm. Um, uh, again, Nicholas is going to talk a bit more about this uh, a, bit, a bit later, but one of the things we did here was we, if you, if you looked at all the data over time and, and had a maximum and a minimum, we, for a particular um, footfall level, we found out where it was within that intensity level. So we bucketed it into an intensity level, and from that intensity level, so like it, lunchtime on the, the top end would be like so Christmas Saturday, the week before Christmas, right? That would be the top level, and then there'll be some hours where there's zero. So somewhere in the middle, that gives us an idea of the overall intensity of this current piece of um, data. And then from that, we choose a rhythm pattern. We had defined a whole bunch of rhythm patterns, and Nick's going to talk about that in a minute, and we chose one of those depending on how intense it was. Um, and then we just generated that from there. Again, using the same, same maths trick to generate the data. It's worth noting here that there's no randomness going on here in the sense of we're not using a random number generator to influence this in any way. The data that we have is always the same. We concatenate it in the same order in the same time. So it's deterministic. And the reason we did that, we could have mixed it up and shuffled it, and that would have still given a, a valid interpretation. But what we wanted to do was we wanted to tweak the musical algorithms we were using and judge whether it had made an improvement or not to the musicality of the piece. And if it's got that randomness every time, that's a harder thing to judge. Whereas if it's the same every time, then we know uh, that um, we've made an improvement, that, or we can judge that we've made an improvement that is better. And so we combine those two things together into a voice, the pitch and the rhythm. Um, here you can see some uh, code that does that. You can see earlier the pitch that I showed earlier and the rhythm I showed earlier. And we combine those notes and rhythm together to produce a voice. Nicholas is going to talk more about that. Now. Ah, that's me. Okay, so um, to summarise, we have all these days with footfall in them. And what we've done is we've stacked them on top of each other, essentially in time order. So we're squashing them all together, which gives us long lists of numbers. Okay? And we can work out, depending on where we are in the day, 
um, what sort of intensity of footfall we have. This is the you know, Christmas Day, 3 o'clock in the morning thing. And within that, uh, we have kind of buckets. So we can say this is low intensity, medium intensity, mezzo forte, forte, forte. So you see what I mean? It's sort of intensity works like that. So we're starting to think very carefully about how do we turn this data analysis into something that's a meaningful piece of music. Now, meaningful is the important word that I'm using here because uh, it's very easy to make music with computers. Look, have a listen. It's lovely, isn't it? And all I've done there is pipe a series of numbers through MIDI, really. Um, and that produces a whole bunch of bloops. Um, and basically, it sounds the same as a monkey playing the piano, really, as the picture. Uh, it was rather nice watching you like, all jump out of your seat as well. This is great. Music coming to life. So, we didn't want to make lots of bleeps and bloops. Um, and so, I'm going to sort of draw on my musical background now. So, I did my dissertation on Charles Edward Ives, um, who was an American composer who... Uh, who composed at the beginning of the 20th century, and one of his most famous quotes is, My God, what has sound got to do with music? And his point was, well, his point was this. Um, music affects us because of the effects of the sound. So music is perhaps this thing, this feeling that perhaps we might have, this, this intuition that we have about the sounds rather than just the sounds themselves. The music is in some way instantiated by the sounds. They're separate, okay? And it's the music that engages us to listen. It's the thing that differentiates um, music from, uh, from bleeps and bloops played by a monkey on a piano, okay? And the other thing is, is that because we're humans and it's just kind of the way we listen to music, uh, music in some sense has a sort of a narrative. We can tell it has a structure. It has a verse and a chorus, and I like this bit, so I'm going to sing. You can tell it's coming up, and it gives you a sense of expectation, or perhaps the harmony works in a particular way that makes you kind of feel a bit nauseous sometimes. I don't know. It tells a story is the important thing. And what are we trying to do? We're trying to tell stories with data. So perhaps we can match the way music tells stories with these, music, these musical techniques with the data that we have. So here's the question. Can we reveal the story of data through music? So I'm going to go through some of the elements of music. <coughs> music is a highly dimensional sort of thing. Okay, So I'm going to just pick the, uh, the fun bits. So um, pitch. Everybody knows what pitch is. That's how high or low a note sounds, right? Okay, I'm singing. I'm gonna, I could even get you lot to sing. This would be awesome, wouldn't it? If you have quiet. So pitch is how high or low a note sounds. Okay? Uh, rhythm is a sequence of different durations. Okay, And if you put Melody, uh, if you put pitch and rhythm together, you get a melody. And that is what that voice function that we saw earlier that Simon was talking about, um, that's what that does. Okay? So rhythm and pitch added together, smooshed together, gives you a melody. Tombra is the quality of a sound. So if I played a C on a violin, you'd probably all laugh because I can't play the violin. Uh, but if I played a C on a violin, it would sound like a violin. And if I played the same note on a flute, it would sound like a flute. And that difference, the way that you can tell that one's a violin and one's a flute, that's the difference in timbre. It's the quality of the sound. Okay? That's important for you to remember, because we're going to use that in the next section. Um, dynamics is how, how loud or, or soft uh, we play the music. It's the volume of the piece of music. Um, and the key 
The key is the set of available pitches. So, actually, this was going to really help me out. How many of you have had some sort of musical training? So, I'd say that's kind of half of you. Okay. Um, so, for the other half, <laughs> we don't know what a key is. So, you have C major, which has seven particular notes, C, D, E, F, G, A, B. Okay. And uh, D major has another different set of notes, D, E, F sharp, G, A, B, C sharp, and D, and so on. Okay. So, the key tells you what set of notes you're allowed to use when you're, when you're composing in that key. And uh, what I'm doing is playing around with keys as well in, in, in the music, okay? So I'm choosing particular sets of notes to use um, to reflect one, di one dimension of the music. Um, harmony um, is how pitches sound together. So if melody is how music sounds through time, harmony is kind of on the other axis. It's how notes sound when they're stacked on top of each other. So if you have more than one note playing at a time, that is where you get harmony. Is this making sense? Yeah. That's a great analogy for melody and harmony. Right, fantastic. Great. Top of the class. <laughs> there are people nodding for people on the podcast. Okay, and finally, texture. Texture is how the harmony is voiced. So if you have all the notes close together, that sounds... Um, uh, well, I'd say kind of squishy, um, very dense-sounding music, uh, whereas if the notes are voiced quite far apart, the music sounds quite sparse and bare, and it's another sort of effect that composers can, can bring to play uh, to change the way you feel about the music. The, the, the effect affects you. Okay, etc., etc., etc. There are lots and lots it's of It's worth difference. noting here, I, I like to say this, but, yes. um, as a drummer, I, I notice that he's missed off tempo. Which is the speed of the music. Okay, so uh, I'm going to... Which is an important aspect. Yes, it's important, but uh, he's a drummer, and everybody knows drummers start slow and just keep speeding up, so it makes no difference to us. Anyway. So how do I take these elements of music that I've described to you, and you've all nodded because you said you understand them and everything, uh, how do I take these elements of music and map them to the data that Simon described? So... What are the ingredients for generating the rhythm of the city, which is the name of the piece of music that, uh, that we want to, to be produced by our Python, by our umpa.py script? So, you remember I talked about timbre, that's the quality of the notes that are being played, on, depending on the instrument. So, each instrument in the brass band, each instrumental group in the brass band, uh, represents a particular camera. Um, okay, so you might have the railway station is represented by the tubers. The town hall by the xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> and so on and so forth, okay? Because in a brass band, you have cornets, you have tenor horns, you have euphoniums, you have trombones, you have tubers, you have all sorts of different sorts of instruments, and we can use those to represent different areas within leads, okay? So timbre differentiates where, <coughs> where the data's coming from. Okay, so the amount of footfall, remember we talked about the intensity, you know, Christmas Day compared with 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Christmas Day, Saturday before Christmas Day, um, compared to 3 o'clock in the morning, the amount of footfall data, the intensity of the footfall data, that changes uh, the dynamics and the rhythm. Okay? So if it's a very quiet point in the day, in our piece of music, um, you're going to get quite slow, quiet parts, reduced voices produced. Okay? 
Whereas if it's a busy time of day during rush hour, it's going to be loud and there's going to be lots of interesting things happening in the rhythm. Okay? So the intensity is reflected in two musical dimensions here. So remember I talked about keys. Um, it just so happens that um, if you used a pentatonic scale, a scale that has five notes in it, usually when you turn that into harmony, it sounds nice. Um, and I could use a, a, a normal diatonic scale, like a major scale, but there are dissonances sort of built into that, and it would just kind of sound not so nice. And I want to produce a piece of music where people go, hmm, I can see what's happening here, rather than, oh my God, how long? This is 10 minutes? Oh God, I've got to say 10 minutes of this, of this rubbish, do I? Okay, so I wanted to create something that's nice sounding. So I used pentatonic scales, pentatonic keys. Um, and the time of day... Uh, is, uh, is reflected in which pentatonic scale I use. So if I say circle of fifths, how many people will understand what I'm talking about? Come on, Dave, put your hand up. I know you do. <laughs> okay, so there's about six. So for those of you who don't know about circle of fifths, keys are related to each other, okay? They can be related in distance, so they could be adjacent to each other. So C and D are adjacent to each other. They can also be related in terms of perhaps like, like a family, okay? So some keys are very close to each other, like C and G are very close, because G is what's called the dominant of C, okay? Um, so you can measure distance of keys. And what I've done is made sure that we modulate, that is, move between keys, so that uh, we move between family relations so that we get to as far apart in distance in terms of family and um, adjacency, as it were, um, so that midnight and midday are in completely different keys, as unrelated keys as possible. Okay? So the music is constantly modulating round the keys and then back again. Okay? So there's a, sort of a, there's a harmonic journey going on. I know that might sound uh, completely crazy to a lot of you who don't have musical theory as a background, but anyway, there we go. Um, and most importantly, each hour of the day is simply represented by eight bars. Okay, so the footfall data for the railway station at one o'clock uh, at midnight uh, is played on the tubers, and that eight-bar part in the tuba is directly related to the footfall data at zero hundred hours for all the days. Okay, and the intensity and the dynamics and the pitch and so on and so forth is related to all of that. And just to give you a hint, um, we've included tubular bells, because you have percussionists in brass bands, and they simply sound out the hours. So at midnight, they go bong 12 times, and at 1 o'clock, they go bong once, like Big Ben does, okay? So as you're hearing a piece of music, you can go, ah, there's 7 o'clock in the morning. So you've kind of got a bit of geography while you're listening. We're trying to keep you engaged. So here's the result. What did I do? I wrote this Python script, and it produces uh, it produces an output that's consumed by a program called LilyPond. Uh, LilyPond is a music typesetting software, and um, so I took this data, fed it through some Python scripts in the way that I've just described, and out comes a musical score that LilyPond can render to a PDF. Uh, and this is a picture of the PDF. This is the opening of a piece of music. Starts at midnight, and as you can see, the tubular bell part has 12 bongs. Okay? And it's relatively quiet, so you can see that the tuba part is just kind of minims and rests and so on and so forth. And later on, the piece 
um, the piece uh, warms up, as it were. So, uh, the question you're probably asking yourselves now, well, yes, we've, we've heard both you and uh, Simon talk about this. Um, does it work? So, it's tuba time. Um, I brought my tuba along. Um, and this reminded me why I'm no longer a tuba player, because I have to bring it on the tube. <laughs> it's a real pain in the backside. It's also where I break your microphone. Sorry, Catherine. Um, so what I'm going to do is play... Okay, we're just sorting out microphones. You got the right microphone? Yeah? Okay. So I'm going to play you three fragments from the tuba part. Uh, one o'clock in the morning, which is, uh, as one would expect, quite a quiet period uh, in terms of footfall. At seven o'clock, where the city's just starting to wake up. And then at 12 noon... Um, when everybody's out for a sandwich. Um, this obviously is a tuba. Uh, I'll just tell you a little bit about it. Um, you don't blow into a tuba, you buzz into a tuba like this. Put a mouthpiece on. Sounds more like a note. And all this big brass thing does is amplifies it. B flat. And sorry, David, <laughs> full force of my tuba there um, and I can play different notes just by changing uh, my lips okay now if I press the valves down I bring more of the tubes into play and they lower the pitch so Of, uh, of changing my lip and changing the vowels, I can play scales. Okay. So this is one o'clock. This is quiet for a tuba. <laughs> almost imagine each one of those notes as a person like yes, wandering by. Exactly. <laughs> okay, now remember there are lots of other parts playing at the same time, representing other areas of the city by putting them together and get a complete brass band piece. So this is seven o'clock in the morning, um, and people are starting to wake up and the city's coming alive. <laughs> Thank you. 
there's more notes. Two, three, four.
You've been listening to a Friday Lunchtime Lecture, brought to you by the Open Data Institute.